Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Dungeness crab season is a big deal here in the Bay Area. Whether caught from a boat or off a pier, served in chipino with crusty bread or with garlic noodles, it seems like everyone has a Dungeness crab story. But climate change and competition from big business all impact the haul brought in by local fishermen. We'll talk with crab catchers and chefs about the grip the iconic crustacean has on the bay, get your favorite crab memories, and think about what the future may hold for this much-loved seasonal delicacy. It's our latest installment of All You Can Eat with Luke Side, coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal, and this is our latest installment of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, where we bring you the Bay Area's food cultures. And we love these segments, too, because it brings out the most fun memories from all kinds of people about their favorite meals and recipes. And just love that we can all come together around food, and nothing brings all kinds of peoples and cultures together quite like crab. Joining us this morning, we've got KQD food editor Luke Sai, of course. Welcome, Luke. Thanks so much, Alexis. And leading us off with crab stories, we are joined by Rocky Rivera, journalist, MC, native of TI, lover of the disappearing San Francisco, and crab mm-hmm. catcher. Welcome, Rocky. Good morning, Alexis and Luke. Thanks for having me. Rocky, why don't we start with you? Tell like how old were you when you first went crabbing? I mean, I moved from the Philippines to Treasure Island Naval Base as a kid, because my dad was in the military. So mm-hmm. as as long as I can remember, I was crabbing on that base. Uh, so it's definitely an essential part of my Frisco childhood, if you will. <laughs> and like, what what was it like? Like, how did you do it? You went out on a pier and you like, just what was the scene? Well, on Treasure Island, it was all military housing. So everybody had these utility sheds in front of our houses and that's where we kept the crab net for some reason i thought everybody had a crab net (laughs) i guess not everybody grew up on an island in the middle of the bay so it was normalized to me that we would just go out and it would be like our backyard almost we would we would roam around the island because it was really safe Mm -hmm. and um some of my earliest memories were with my mom and we would just walk over to the wooden pier take our hoop net and fish for mostly rock crabs, but sometimes Dungeness. So that was something that I remember from very early on. That's so interesting. And 
You know, what's your favorite way of preparing it? Um, and it seems like this family tradition goes pretty deep. So do, do people have different variations on it that you uh, deploy? Well, I didn't realize it went so deep as I just got back from the Philippines and my aunt who read the story in the Philippines said that she was the one who used to go out with my mom. And so I would definitely prepare it Filipino style, which meant, you know, you would as soon as you caught it, you would prepare your rice when you got home, you'd clean it up. And I mentioned that in the article and you would make sure you had your pot of rice ready and some vinegar and garlic and cracked black pepper to dip it in. And that's how we ate our crab. We, we didn't smother it with too much butter, too much garlic until much later. And then we started incorporating garlic noodles a little bit later on when the restaurant started serving it. So we definitely ate it Filipino style with rice and vinegar. Yeah. We're talking about Dungeness Crab as part of your all-you-can-eat series with KQED food editor Luke Sai and Rocky Rivera, who's sharing her crab stories. She has an amazing story on KQED about her experiences crabbing on Treasure Island uh, here in San Francisco, when you could still do that in the Bay. Um, we'd love to hear from you. What's your Dungeness Crab tradition? Like, how do you participate in this? How do you make this uh, incredible uh, crustacean into food? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You ever been out on a crab fishing boat or picked them up at Fisherman's Wharf? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. Um, Rocky, how has crab season kind of changed for you over time? Well, I remember it as being a childhood thing, even into teenage years. You know, you get a bunch of your friends, you know, if you're old enough. Sometimes we were a little bit younger, but we would, you know, grab a beer and wait and just hang out all night. And it's one of those innocent memories that you have. That as you get older, you're like, how come I don't do this anymore? And mm -hmm. I realized that when I wrote this article that it's because it's illegal. And mm -hmm. it's something that as OG Frisconians, as we would call it, we, we didn't really know when the news of the illegality of crabbing mm -hmm. in the Bay happened. We just grew up. And so... When you're thinking back as, how come we don't do that anymore? Well, yeah. maybe because the industry has changed, the climate has changed, fishing regulations have changed, and a lot of times the people that are fishing on that pier might be the last ones to hear. Mm. So depending on your upbringing, um, a lot of immigrant folks that came here, they just did what their parents and their family members did, and that was mm. go out there with your crab snare and your hoop net and see what you get. And as long as it was big enough and as long as you were being responsible, then you could continue to crab. But that has definitely changed in the last at least five or six years when it comes to the climate of the Bay, the toxicity of the Bay, and the overfishing of commercial um, boaters and crabbers. So yeah. that's something that has affected immigrant populations as well. Luke Sai, um, I mean, Dungeness crab season is a very San Francisco thing. It's the, you know, we have the symbol of Fisherman's Wharf, but all these other cultures that have embraced um, this particular food. You've also done some reporting on this, you know, just going back in time, too, about what's really changed with Dungeness crab season. Can you, like, fill us in on, you know, what's happening with the, the different, both regulations as well as the kind of types of people who are, uh, who are going crabbing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, 
you know, what I love about Dungeness Crab is it is, you know, as someone who didn't grow up um, in the Bay Area, you know, coming here um, because it's a seasonal thing, you know, there is just this sense of anticipation every year. Um, and that was something that I was introduced to um, right right away. You know, um, I had a, a friend hook me up with her crab guy, yeah, <laughs> this guy, Fisherman Bill, who operated out of Pillar Point and Half Moon Bay. And you'd call him up the day before, ask him to save a couple of his biggest crabs. Um, and you could go walk right up to the boats and, and buy them and walk a few steps over to the little fish market and have them steam them for you. Um, and, you know, like literally 20 minutes later, you'd be sitting there eating crab, you know, mm. right off the boat, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that seasonal um, anticipation has been such a huge part of it. But of course, Rocky touched on this in her essay. Um, crab lovers all over the Bay Area, I'm sure have paid attention to it. You know, we've seen the season um, just get postponed later and later um, mm-hmm. uh, each year, you know, the past several years. And part of that is, you know, there's always negotiations um, between the fishermen and uh, like the big distributors, you know, um, who are always trying to get sort of like the rock bottom price that they can get, you know, um, which makes it really tough for fishermen to to make a living. But then in recent years, um, I'm sure many of our listeners have heard about the sort of uh, toxic um, demoic acid levels um, that have also caused delays in the season. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that is driven by climate change, the, the sort of warmer waters. Um, and so um, I think, you know, for those of us who are on the receiving end, the, the consumers, that's meant um, the changing of a lot of these traditions, you know, like having having crab for Thanksgiving, having crab for Christmas, you know, wasn't possible this year. Um, and then I think for the fishermen, um, you know, um, just from what I've heard, it, it it does pose increasing challenges for them to be able to to make a living. Yeah. You know, let's bring in a caller. We've been talking about a crab guy. Sounds like Frank in San Francisco's got a crab guy. Welcome, Frank. <laughs> hey there. How's it going? Hey, good, good. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I started catching your story right when you started running it, and I just thought to myself, I actually am lucky enough to have a crab guy right now. My brother has been a fishmonger in the Bay Area for about 10 years now, and what's been really interesting to me in this whole story is myself and the community around him has maintained this access to crab just because he works so locally with all of the various vendors and all the various vessels that are actually doing this work. Um, so it hasn't been something that's hit my family as hard as, as others, but um, it just really brought to mind how uh, how valuable it is to your previous caller's point to, to kind of have a guy and, and to work uh, as locally as possible because you certainly aren't finding this stuff um, at any of the local markets or anything like that around the Bay Area. Have things changed for him too, though, even just in terms of like getting more difficult? He has to you know go to greater lengths in order to find crabs for yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so Fishmonger Don, he basically has this model where he's only going and working with vessels that are fishing in the most sustainable way possible, um, which means that he only offers what's fresh, sustainable, and in season. Um, when it came to crab, he certainly saw a, a downtick, but because 
of those local relationships, he's still been able to, to serve his whole community up in Fairfax and, and the greater Bay Area. So it's been really interesting to see. But, yeah, he's certainly seen, you know, definitely the pinch that everybody else has. Oh, man. Hey, uh, Frank, so much um, good <laughs> good crap sounds like flowing through uh, him, and we really uh, appreciate that call. Thanks so much for uh, for giving us that call. Um, Rocky, do you uh, still now, is it still like a season that you look forward to, and is there a place that you go outside of your home to, to get any um, Dungeness crab? Yes, well, I am a winter baby. I was born on December 1st. So birthdays are very much associated with crab and having a birthday in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there usually was a guarantee that I would have crab there as my birthday cake. But as the years have gone on, the prices that we used to get from places like Pacific Super, which used to be the most dirt cheap, like it used to be like, you know, seven to $10 a pound or anything that we could afford. Um, it started getting more and more expensive each year. And then as the season was pushed back, whether it was due to migrating whales or whether it's because of the rec- uh, of the commercial season being pushed back, we wouldn't even get it up until Christmas. And this was mm-hmm. one of the first years that we did not have any crab for Christmas. And like many San Francisco families, especially immigrant families, we've incorporated traditions like Chipino and Dungeness and all types of seafood dishes into our celebrations. And to not have that for Christmas is really just an indicator of things changing Mm. deeply across the Bay Area. So that's really the most alarming thing about it. Outside of these parade of storms and everything else happening in the Bay, as long as we don't lose the fog, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. But I'm letting you know, it's really starting to mess When the with fog me goes, it's all over. That's right. Exactly. Uh, we're talking about Dungeness Crafts, part of our All You Can Eat series, joined by Rocky Rivera, MC and writer, part of KQED's Frisco Foodie series, and KQED food editor Luke Sai. And we, of course, are taking your calls and comments. Michael writes, crab season coincides with pea shoot season. They're both so good together. I'm Alexis Magical. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about Dungeness Crab as part of our All You Can Eat series with KQED food editor Luke Sai. And we're joined by Rocky Rivera, MC and writer. She has a great essay on Dungeness Crab uh, in KQED's Frisco Foodie series. And we're taking your calls and comments as well. Where's your favorite place to get crab? 
or what's your Dungeness crab tradition? I'm going to start celebrating Rocky's birthday. Uh, that's going to be my new uh, tradition. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. The email's forum at kqed.org. We have a couple chefs with us, and we're going to bring them on in just a second. But first, I want to bring in Maury from Berkeley. Welcome, Maury. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Alexis. It's it's good to uh, be able to listen to this segment on Forum. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Rocky Rivera. I saw you at um, perform, I think, Hieroglyphics at, off of Linden Street uh, many, many years ago. But um, I am uh, filled with so much nostalgia right now, Rocky, Alexis, and Luke, because um, I am... Um, a 90s kid, originally from Modesto, <laughs> California, but um, I remember whether it be with a bunch of homies or family, we would make an adventure um, out to Frisco and off of the Fort Mason Pier, just um, catch, uh, throw a few nets in and uh, play dominoes or play cards and just picnic um, as we wait to catch crabs. Um, and usually we never got skunked. You know, we'd always come <laughs> home with a few rock crabs. Um, we weren't allowed to keep any Dungeness. Um, and so we always threw them back in. But the rock crabs, we'd bring them back home. And just like what Rocky was saying, we would cook a pot of steamed uh, white jasmine rice um, and stir fry our crabs. We The Cambodian style of stir frying crabs um, includes... Um, fish sauce, sugar, oyster sauce, red curry paste, um, white onions, um, green onions, and ginger, Mm. um, and black pepper. I'm missing a few other ingredients, but it is such a vibe um, to be able to go out there, uh, put on our favorite uh, sort of Bay rap music as we are um, journeying out there from Modesto, and then coming back um, excited about eating the crabs and continuing our dominoes or cards playing after we um, eat together, uh, whether it be with family or friends. Yeah. So this Mark, is what a memory, a though. Treat. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for this segment. I love crab also and super excited that it's Dungeness season. I also love the idea, you know, you're in Modesto and, you know, you drive all the way out here and you come to the, you know, the ocean and you, it's just, that's such a vibe, like thinking about it. Um, Rocky, um, I I feel like you should just respond to Maury. Um, What a great, um, what a great memory. Yes, and that has been the biggest response of the article. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for watching me, Maury. Um, A lot of people, when they read my article, they shared their own stories of traditions, and it didn't always have to be in the Bay Area. Some people sent me traditions from um, the East Coast, some from the Gulf um, down in Texas, where they used to catch up uh, blue crabs down there. And it always is just a ritual of togetherness, of hoping that you get um, more than what you got. And even if you didn't, you having a good time and spending that time together with your family, with your friends, and of course, feasting afterward. Um, that, that is a memory that everybody associates with the Bay Area. And that's why I wanted to call attention to the changing seasons and the changing conditions, because it is one of those things that a San Franciscan is noticing and 
those memories are priceless. You know, Maury calling in and sharing that. That's really the number one thing that I got from this article with everybody leaving comments. I love it. I also like imagining that kids doing that kind of stuff now with their parents uh, might have you on the on there listening to you and your music rock yeah, oh yes yes i took my nephew out for the for the article and um we we caught the tiniest crabs but uh, we didn't catch much but we definitely had fun and we had that music blasting as well so the music is a necessary part of it and hopefully you bump one or two of my songs which is really cool for maury <laughs> Um, let's bring in one of our chefs. Talk about Dungeons Crab as an ingredient. We are joined by Edward Woolley, chef and owner of Chef Smellies. Welcome. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. Hey, how's it going, Edward? Um, well, yeah. So tell us about how you serve crab, how you, how you make and serve crab. Um, our most popular dish is the... It's the garlic butter crab with the Creole lemon pepper sauce. That's the most popular. Um, and the, and in season when it's wintertime, we do a lot of gumbo too. Mm. And how about how about you? Is that your favorite way to do it, or is that just the most popular? Like, what's if you're making it for yourself? What are you doing? If you say if I'm making it for myself, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't even eat crab that much. <laughs> Like I, when I was a kid, when I when I was a kid, I used to love love crab. And I, me and my mother, we went on a all you can eat crab fest, and I just I ate so much crab. When I got when I got home, I was just I was done with crab. I just <laughs> threw up all over the place, and I just and I lost my I lost my taste bud for crab. Like if I just tasted it, it'll make it'll make me just want to throw up. Wow. But, but I think maybe like about six years ago, it went away. So. I'm I'm able to taste it and just make sure it's good, but I just I don't have like the love for eating crab how I, like I a like lot of used to yeah and a lot of people do yeah yeah um, Luke how do you think about Dungeness crab specifically as an ingredient like what what is it that's special or different about it from other kinds of crab or other kinds of crustacean um, I mean I think. Obviously, people talk about the the sweetness of of the meat itself. Like it's a very sweet crab, and it's a very luxurious crab. You know, just because it, the, um, you know, especially if you get a big one, um, like there's a lot of meat <laughs> in those legs. Um, so I think that just makes it a great ingredient. Um, and this is, you know, listening to people call in and um, listening to to Edward um, talk. I just love that it's this Bay Area ingre- ingredient, um, you know, unique to the Bay Area um, or certainly to the West Coast um, that so many different people have developed their own like very culturally specific traditions around it. You know, whether it be like Rocky talking about um, serving it over rice with, with vinegar um, or, you know, whether we're talking about like Vietnamese style roast crab or Cantonese salt and pepper crab or old school, you know, Chipino or crab Louis. Um, so I just love that. Like one of my all time favorite Bay Area dishes um, is what I believe was invented at this Sichuan restaurant on Solano Avenue in Albany. Um, I don't know if you know, Alexis, called China Village. Mm. Um, and they serve. Um, a mapo tofu with a whole Dungeness crab. 
Um, and so, you know, Mapo Dofu, it, it's, it's got that um, spicy, numbing heat, you know, super savory, super saucy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you cook like a whole crab in that sauce. And so you've got that sauciness and that spice as a sort of counterpoint to the sweetness of the crab meat. You've got like the softness of the tofu and like the crack of the crab shell. Um, and then like my favorite part is like you scoop up the the crab innards, you know, from the carapace and and mix that into that, you know, spicy, saucy mapo tofu and and like just wolf it down with like five bowls of, of white rice. Um, <laughs> so it's just like stuff like that, you know, it's just like people from all different cultures are taking this awesome ingredient and just like innovating with it and just creating and making their own thing. So that's the thing I love about it. Ah, that's Bay Area food right there. Um, let's bring in uh, Shalia in Alameda. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Do you hear me okay? Yeah, sure can. Go ahead. Um, so our Dungeness crab, I say our as in my origin family who I grew up with, um, so my mom converted to Judaism before she married my dad. So for, sorry for all my Jew friends, um, that this is not going to make you happy. Um, because she grew up doing Christmas and doing crab at Christmas, when she converted, um, she was missing it at Hanukkah. So we now do latkes and crab dipped in butter, and that is our Hanukkah meal. Perhaps not kosher, perhaps not kosher, but sounds oh, no, delicious. No, no, totally not. So, so, sorry to my fellow Jews. Super not kosher. I honest, I, I get it. My apologies. But it honors both of the traditions and makes my mom happy, and that's probably the most important part. Uh, Shalia, thank you uh, so much for that. Also, I mean, the idea of that actually sounds really nice. Like, you've got the sweet crab meat, you've got some crunchy latka and fried stuff. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Um, Edward Woolley of Chef Smelly's, um, do you have any tips on cooking crabs, or is it pretty simple in the end? It's yeah, pretty simple. I mean, especially if you're getting it fresh. You know, you get it fresh from the boat, fresh out the ocean. You just, just want to cook it, boil it, get that water boiling really nice and rapid boil, and, um, Man, just get your seasons in there. And a lot of people just cook it, put some lemon in it, lemon in the water, um, kosher salt. Um, I add a, I add a few of my Creole seasons in there to get that, get that flavor inside of those, inside of those legs. Mm. So every bite, every time you bust open those legs, you get, you just the flavor, that Creole flavor, just busts in your mouth. <laughs> dip in that garlic, dip yeah. in that garlic butter. Can't go wrong. Mm, that's good. Um, let's bring in another chef, Charlie Chang, chef and owner of PPQ Dungeness Island. Welcome, Charlie. Maybe not. Let's go to a comment, then we'll come right back. Um, Mary Jane writes in to say, my tradition is simply to eat as much of it as possible whenever it's in front of me. To my fellow diners, keep your hands and fingers away from my plate if you wish to keep them intact. Cheers. Um Jeffrey writes in to say, living in Bolinas, we're fortunate enough to eat fresh crab as soon as the season opens. The, quote, crab for the holidays is an industry construct. The later the season opens, the more meaty the crabs, definitely worth the wait, and crab gumbo for Mardi Gras isn't a bad thing. My favorite new twist on the traditional boil, 
is to just bring it to a boil and then put it in my smoker until the shell turns bright red. If you like smoked salmon, you should try smoked crab. Um, we've got Charlie. Now, Charlie Chang, owner of PPQ uh, Dungeness Island. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, Charlie, talk to me about how you serve crab at you know PPQ Dungeons Island. Okay, so one of my favorite recipes is the garlic butter sauce. You know how the butter has a really creamy, rich flavor, and the garlic adds a really wonderful aroma to the meat of the crab. So um, it's a very good complement to the freshness of the crab meat. And uh, I also like some uh, spiciness when I when I'm craving for some spicy. I do the chili crab, and uh, we use uh, house chili oil with some lemongrass and basil, and uh, that's when I um, do it when I want some uh, spicy. Yeah. And do you yourself? I mean, you put Dungeness into the name of your restaurant, so I assume this is a food that you love. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, we grew up, uh, you know, catching some crabs off the bay, and then uh, we loved uh, how the freshness of the crab meat tastes. You know, it's sweet, and then Dungeness is definitely one of the best crabs in the world because of the meatiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you, um, relative to other crabs, like how do you think about Dungeness? I mean, Luke, I mentioned earlier, kind of uh, the noted sweetness of the Dungeness. Is that what it is for you too? Yeah, so, you know, Dungeness is very unique by itself. Um, it's It has good size and meatiness and the, and the sweetness of the crab. I mean, you just can't beat that. Uh, a lot of crabs don't, doesn't have that. Now, they could be sweet, but they don't have uh, as much of the meat in their body. Yeah. Um, Caroline in San Bruno uh, writes in with a crab family recipe. Says, my Italian family never made or ate cioppino. My nano grandfather was a fisherman at the wharf, and maybe this is an old fisherman recipe or it was just our own personal taste, but he would bring home steamed crab, crack them, and my mom would marinate them in red wine vinegar, olive oil, salt, pepper, fresh garlic, and parsley. Yum. No warm crab for me unless it's in pasta, soup, or uh, a crab bake. What do you think, um, Luxa? Have you uh, encountered that version of it? Almost like a, trying to pickle the crab a little bit? I have not had that version. But I mean, I think the thing with crab is like, it's like the ingredient itself is so good. You know, she, um, the, the uh, person who wrote in talked about just always having it cold. I mean, like you can just steam the crab and just eat it just like that, you know, with nothing, like maybe with some lemon, maybe with some butter. And if you just have it like that, it's perfect. You know, like I love all these other versions. Like I love the the garlic butter crab at PPQ. Like that's one of my favorites. Um, but if I'm just making it at, at home, like I don't add anything. <laughs> you know, it's such a perfect ingredient. If you get it fresh, um, you just you just literally just steam it and you eat it like that. It, it requires no condiment whatsoever. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, let's get in. Uh, one more call before the break. Uh, Kyle in San Anselmo, welcome. Hey, Alexis. Good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Hey, Kyle. Awesome. So my wife uh, has a long family tradition of Christmas crab that I married into. And, um, you know, this, this Christmas with the commercial season being closed, um, we actually found that the recreational sport fishing season was still open. So we were able to find a, 
a charter boat uh, out of Berkeley um, and get, you know, we got 10 friends together. I brought my son uh, and they brought us out toward the Fairlawns um, and we got to uh, catch each person's limit of crab, which was 10 crab. Took us about, you know, half the day. We got out there early in the morning, 536 in the morning. I think we were back by 12 or 1. Um, then they, you know, cooked and cleaned the crab from, for us. And it was great. I mean, I think it probably ended up being less expensive doing it that way than buying it from the store. And I think that'll definitely be our, our new family tradition. Yeah, that's fun. And like you left just from the Berkeley Marina, right? And then you just head out through the Golden Gate. Was it um, mildly terrifying because of the weather or no? No, it was actually great. They said, you know, they said the day before it was pretty rough waters and, and people got seasick. But for us, it was um, super clear. It was really cold once we got out, you know, into the into the open ocean. But the sun was out and um, no, it was it was great. It was great. They actually there are only a couple of deckhands. So they actually recruit the uh, the passengers to help you know, haul the pots and count the crab and, you know, uh, help with bait and whatnot. So it was, it was a blast. Oh man, that is a really fun new, uh, new spin on the Christmas crab tradition. Thanks so much, uh, Kyle in San Anselmo. We have been talking about Dungeness Crab. This is of course part of our all you can eat series with KQED food editor, Luke Sai. We're also joined this hour by Rocky Rivera, who great wrote a great essay about her experience crabbing in the Bay We've also been joined by Edward Woolley, chef and owner of Chef Smelly's, and Charlie Chang, chef and owner of PPQ Dungeness Island, who kind of gave you their tips. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, chefs. After the break, we're going to talk with a crab fisherman. Uh, but we still want to get your stories and memories. Where's your favorite place to get crab? Or what's your favorite Dungeness crab tradition? Maybe you yourself are a crab fisherman. How have you seen the season change over time? You can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum, and the email is forum at kqed.org. Keep those recipes coming in. Uh, Reverend Jeffrey tweets, Years ago, a member of my church came up to me after worship service. Pastor Jeff, you have to come to my house. Thinking there was some sort of pastoral crisis going on, I said, what's going on? And the person said, we have fresh Dungeness crab. It's an emergency. Um, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about Dungeness Crab and the role that it plays in the life of the Bay Area. This is part of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai. Of course, he joins us here. And Rocky Rivera is here as well, MC and writer, part of KQD's Frisco Foodies series. Uh, we will move on for uh, just a sec. Let's bring in Victor in San Francisco. Welcome, Victor. Hi, Alexis. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. So um, we make uh, a seasonal burrito at Papalote. Uh, I own Papalote Mexican Grill. And um, we're in the mission, and it's become more than Mexican food. I've realized that Papalote and burritos are mission food, really, and so representative of, of that part of the city. But also I want to represent San Francisco, so we do a seasonal crab um burrito and uh, some quesadillas to cheese and crab. It's just amazing. Uh, I'm not a very sophisticated chef. I'm not even a chef. So um, I just go for the old uh, white wine and butter saute. And with our salsa, it just, it's the perfect combination. But yeah, white wine and butter, let the sweetness of the crab uh, come through. And, and it's just so rich and decadent. And to have it in a burrito without wow. any, you know, smothering with like, all these different spices or whatever. Although, you know, every every culture has their own uh, seasonings and stuff. But here, instead of trying to, like, missionize it or Mexicanize it, we just San Franciscoize it and just let it do its thing on its own with the white wine and butter. Oh, my God. Victor, is that, like, is it in, like, can I get that today or no? Actually, we're going to start this weekend. Uh, oh, really? We're just getting ready. Yeah, so we have to train the chefs uh, not to eat the food. No, <laughs> we have to train <laughs> Yeah, we have to train everybody to uh, to make it all the shifts, and once we get it right, which is not that difficult, but you know, you'd be surprised. You know, even adding, adding a little salt or pepper, I mean, um, garlic, totally changes the profile. You know, because the sweetness has to come through. You know, especially with the dungeness. So, um, yeah, this weekend we'll start making it, and it's usually during Lent, so it's a great option on Fridays for for people who don't like to eat meat and, and like to eat fish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, man. Uh, well, Victor, thank you so much for Papalote, the chicken mole burrito, the, all the that incredible, incredible salsa. I mean, you guys do amazing stuff. And for those who don't know, um, it's so good. It's on uh, 24. Um, You're so kind. <laughs> cool. Hey, Victor, thank you for joining us, and I will, uh, I will see you next week for um, one of these uh, crab burritos or quesadillas. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Rocky. Have you have you had one of those before? I've never had that before. Uh, you know, I I've always wanted to try the Dungeness crab burrito, but I was always afraid that I wouldn't be able to taste the crab. So I might have to go over to Papalote and finally try it out because that's yeah. one of those. I'm a carne asada girl. I just stick to what I know. You know, I'm a very. <laughs> I, I order the same thing every time. So, you know what? I think I'm going to try that next time. Yeah, that I mean, that sounds so good. I actually, um, the best thing I ever made Mexican cookie-wise um, with, with crab was I made uh, like a pozole um, with like a shrimp stock and had like crab just kind of on the bottom. That, that was pretty amazing. Um, and uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try Victor's version. Um, thanks again yes. for- uh, and I, yeah. I love how we just add the ingredient to existing dishes that we grew up eating and it becomes this San Francisco special. So we do that with burritos, 
we do that with everything. But I do love how sh uh, Chef Sh uh, Charlie prepares it at PPQ with that peppercorn crab. I can't replicate that at home. So I will give you a huge shout out because that's where I get the birthday meal at. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Um, let's go to uh, Joseph in Walnut Creek. Welcome, Joseph. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, doing well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so I remember when I was young, I, uh, I went to Catholic school, and this lady who ran the, um, the events and the, the facilities at the parish, she organized a crab feed every year. My parents were tight with this lady. Her name was Mary Lou. So my parents would volunteer the crab feed, and they were servers, and they would serve the crabs. So one year, my dad got bumped up to be a bartender, right? So now they need another server. My mom asked me if I wanted to do it. So I did. So my dad is there hamming it up, serving drinks and everything. And people find out I'm little Joey. I'm Dave's son. And I'm refreshing the crab bowls and uh, taking away all the empty shells. And as we would go back to the crab truck to refresh the bowls, all the servers, we would kind of gather around and crack crab and eat it before we had to go back out <laughs> and, uh, you know, serve it back out. But the really fun thing was, so this would happen on like a Friday or Saturday night. And then the day after, all the leftover crab, Mary Lou would hold this sort of like thank you dinner for all the workers. And she would make this amazing crab chupino and then send everyone home with whatever crab was left in, you know, gallon Ziploc bags. And um, this, this segment has just brought back so much nostalgia. And I forget the other caller's name, but the 90s kid, uh, yeah. she talked about all the nostalgia for it. And this is just bringing me bringing me way back and just yeah more maury now of uh berkeley formerly of modesto <laughs> yeah i yeah, love yeah, that yeah. yeah that's right that's right yeah, maury yeah um thanks thanks so much joseph um i love i love these stories um all right let's just keep them coming let's go uh straight to uh ty in uh san francisco with a hot tip welcome ty yeah hi appreciate your guys show and all you're doing today um just wanted to remind everybody to not throw your shells away if you take the shells and roast them, you can make a, a really good stock, like a, a seafood stock. And then I like to take that stock and make a bisque. Um, so similar to a lobster bisque, but a Dungeness bisque. Um, oh, man. How come you roast you the can, shells? You can't just, like, uh, you can't boil them? You have to roast them first? You can throw them right in and boil them to save some time. But when you roast them, it's kind of like roasting veggies before you make a stock. It gives it just a little bit more, um, I don't know, more umami kind of flavor to it. Oh, man, that's good. And um, so with that stock, too, you could also make a paella, which I, which is, and then put the crab on top of the paella, which is a nice way to use it. Oh, that's beautiful. Ty, those are good tips. Are you uh, are you an at-home chef, or are you a professional out there? Um, no, just an at-home chef. That I like to catch catch crab, and whenever I, whenever I kill an animal or catch it, I'll try to use every piece of it. And um, I think this is one of the ways we can kind of honor the animal by making sure we're not throwing anything away. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you, Ty. Those are great, um, great tips for people out there. We, um, again, are taking your uh, crab traditions, your thoughts about crab, your favorite places to get crab. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Try to get you a couple more calls before the show is over. Um, but Luke, Sheila in Oakland writes, is there anywhere in the East Bay to buy crab directly from the boat? I know you can do so in San Francisco, but have not found anywhere in the East Bay. Any suggestions or tips? Um, 
you know, I, I have also not bought uh, crab directly off the boat um, myself, but I believe I have heard that um, you used to be able to do it in the Berkeley Marina. Um, there'd be some folks who were selling out there, but I don't know if anyone can confirm if that's something that's still happening or not. Cool, cool. Um, we have Matt Wanis, commercial fisherman, on the line. Um, he's actually on his boat right now. So this is why we're having a little trouble. Welcome, Matt. Can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Uh, we can. Do you know like where you are approximately? Are you in the bay? Are you off the coast? Um, no, I'm actually just here um, in my slip on Pier 47 in Fisherman's Wharf. Um, oh, cool. Just writing it going out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of good weather. Try to go out and get a good catch for everyone. Yeah. So how long have you been, uh, have you been fishing for crab? Um, I've been, oh, I've been fishing for crab since, um, geez, 25 years, but commercially I've been doing this now for about seven years, Mm. commercially. And what's something about fishing for crab you think like most people don't understand? Um, with the, uh, it's not like you see on TV. (laughs) (laughs) No, how, how so? How is it not like what you see on TV? Um, it, we're a much smaller boat. Obviously we're not as much, uh, rough water, but we're more small like beans. I always tell people what you see on TV would be like Walmart or, you know, uh, target and what we are here locally or kind of your mom and pop <laughs> little mm-hmm. corner store, you know? So that's, that's how it is. And I, we don't have a huge budget. Uh, we're usually most of the guys here are just owner operator, um, just going out there, just normal person, just trying to make a living, you know? Yeah. So. And I mean, how does your business actually work? You go out, you get crabs, you sell them from your boat or you sell them to distributors or like, how does that work? So I have, I do two different ways. I have a really, really good buyer, um, water to table. And I also, um, sell off the dock here, um, here at Pier 47. Um, and I, we just kind of go out on the weekdays. I try to sell to my buyer. I got to, you know, I try to keep him as happy and supplied as much as I can. And then on the weekends, I hold a little bit and I sell them here off the dock. Yeah. You know, what's the industry look like right now? Like, are there, uh, is it a bunch of like kind of um, OG fishermen who are out there doing stuff? Is there, are there young fishermen who are coming up behind them? Is this kind of, do you feel like you're part of a dying industry or one that's still growing? Um. It's a very tough industry. I wouldn't say that it's a dying industry. Um, it's a very tough industry. Uh, new guys coming in, you really got to be motivated and really love what you're doing here to keep yourself pushing and going ahead. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely not doing it for the money. Um, I do it because it's who I am. It's not what I do. Um, I'm mm. considered probably one of the younger upcoming fishermen, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not an OG or an old school guy. I haven't been around for that long, but I started off in a small boat and worked my way up to um, a 36-foot boat now. I still considered a very small in the industry. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Matt, thank you so much for uh, for sharing a bunch of this um, stuff with us. I mean, how about the last last question for you? How have the delays mm-hmm. affected your business? Just, you know, the crab season getting pushed later and later and shrunk from the other side, too. 
Oh, it's um, definitely very difficult for all of us. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to work with everyone and make sure we can um, have no um, contact with any kind of whales or anything. We're just trying to work together with nature and do the best we can. Um, uh, it definitely pushes us back. I think we're losing a couple markets, not just on my side, but, you know, it's traditional here in the Bay Area. Thanksgiving is, mm-hmm. is crab was great. Um, Christmas. Thanksgiving, New Year's, we were able last two years to get a little bit of New Year's in, but we had some really good storms, as everyone knows, <laughs> and so that pushed us a bit, a little difficult to uh, get out there for the first two weeks, but we tried to make it happen as safely as possible we could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, thank you so much, Matt Wannis, commercial fisherman there at uh, Pier 47, you said, right? Yeah, great. You can uh, and you sell crabs on the weekends. So they people can come uh, out to your boat and get uh, get some fresh crab. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, thank you. Um, let's go back to the phones. Um, I wanted to take uh, Sarah in San Francisco. There she is. Hi, Sarah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'd love to hear your story. So- yeah, so so my my brother died on New Year's Day. And after a few years of sort of figuring out how to help my mom heal her pain, um I found myself in Pacifica at the and then Half Moon Bay and stumbled upon the crab. And so I had this radical idea that let's like fight the sorrow with some joy. Mm-hmm. And I bought 100 crabs. And so now our yearly tradition is to invite anybody over we cook crab for two, three days. My mom is just overjoyed by the sort of outshowing of love. And it's been a great experience for us. Oh, man. That's so... Do you guys, you know, give kind of crab toasts in your brother's honor? Like, how do you... Or, or is it just like pure joy? It's just like we're here, we're eating it's crab. Just, it's pure joy. And what happens is occasionally there's people who show up who aren't quite connected to the core story. And when they find out about it, it's just like it's an amazing experience to see us sort of overcome this pain with this sort of San Francisco tradition. Mm, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us, Sarah. And we'll uh, we'll be thinking of them on uh, on New Year's Day. Appreciate that. Um, we have a question from Michael, uh, and this is going to you, Rocky and Luke. We used to have leisurely crab dinners, uh, dinners of crab and artichoke, dipping crab and mayo in the leaves and melted butter. I've never been brave enough to eat the tomale. Anything to do with it besides mixing it with the sauce for mapodofu? Luke, you want to? That's I, I guess the tamale is like the little the crab fat, right? Yeah, all the all the crab innards um, that you scoop out. Um, it's my favorite part. I mean, it's so. Oh, rich. really? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's so rich and so delicious. Um, and I think you know you like just serving it, um, with white rice by itself. I think is delicious. Um, if you're a little bit intimidated by it, um, it's great with pasta. Um, it's delicious. Like if you mix it into your garlic noodles. Um, oh, yes. But um, 
you know, basically anything that's that's sort of saucy and and sort of has that umami flavor already, you can just mix it right into there. Um, but you know, just just straight up with rice, you can't beat that. What about you, Rocky? Oh yeah, I mean, well, the way you're talking about it is Asian style. We don't waste anything, so we make sure we get that <laughs> crab fat, we get the liver, we mix it all up into the sauce, and we almost save it for the very end when you're eating it all together in one bite. You know, we never ask when you go to a restaurant, we're like, where's the rest of the crab? Give us the rest of the crab because we're paying for it. So if you're of Asian descent, you're not going to waste any bit of that. And you're definitely going to mix it over your sauce and over rice. So that's definitely the way I prepare it. Luke. I, I have to say, um, Anything that's like green like that makes me a tiny bit squeamish, but I think you've convinced me. I will, I will go in on it next time. Um, last couple uh, comments from listeners. Kimberly writes in to say, I love crab in high and low circumstances. I bring a cooler down to the docks in Half Moon Bay to buy right off the boats, but also in the mission. Sunfat Seafood sells crab at a reasonable price, very fresh. We debated in our house to either steam or boil. Julia Child says to steam with seaweed and rocks. We serve it both hot and cold, depending on people's preference. With great cocktail sauce uh, with a kick, as well as drawn French butter. The simpler, the better. We always serve either California sparkling wine or champagne. It's a holiday tradition that stretches throughout the season. One more story. Ruth in Walnut Creek writes, In the 50s, my grandparents and aunt lived on Chuckanut Bay, transplants from Springfield, Illinois. My grandfather took us grandkids out on the dinghy to catch crabs, and while we were out, grandmother started the kettle boiling. We scrambled up the hill with the crabs for a magnificent meal. Now my son, a transplant from upstate New York, serves fresh crabs on Christmas Eve, cooked with Old Bay and potatoes, served with melted butter. Most relaxing meal of the year as we pick our way through the morsels. Very last one. Maureen in San Francisco writes, In our family, we had either pick and eat immediately crab connoisseurs or pick all at one time. Pile it up and savor each bite connoisseurs. Those who preferred patiently picking and piling had have their arms around their plates to protect it from the quick pickers. Great memories. Thank you so much, Rocky Rivera, MC and writer, for joining us. Your piece brought out so many memories and people, both you know, direct to you and here on the show. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We've been talking about Dungeness Crab as part of our All You Can Eat series with KQED food editor Luke Sai. Thanks so much again, Luke, for joining us. Thank you, Alexis. It's always a pleasure. Earlier, we were joined by Edward Woolley of Chef Smelly's, Charlie Chang of PPQ Dungeness Island, and Matt Wanis, a commercial fisherman. Thank you so much for all of you for sharing your stories. This is Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com.
We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.